1: So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey y'all, it's Erica Cruz Guevara here. These past few days have been incredibly overwhelming as a journalist and also as a human being. But as journalists, one of our biggest jobs is to keep you all informed. And I wanna assure you that there are people at KQED working around the clock to make sure that you have the most updated information about the coronavirus. And today we wanna highlight some of that work it's from our friends over at Bay Curious, who took a bunch of questions you had about the coronavirus and found the answers.
2: Hey, everyone, Olivia Allen Price here. This is Bay Curious. We've been taking your questions about coronavirus and compiling answers at KQED.org for a few weeks now. KQED's Michelle Wiley is focused solely on answering some of those questions, so we welcome Michelle now. Hey, Michelle. Hey. There's a lot of information that's circling out there, and it just feels like everything is changing so rapidly. How are you covering this as someone who's trying to answer listener questions you know, every day?
0: It's just following those changes as fast as I can. You know, there's a lot of information and it's coming from a lot of different places. So in some way, I feel pretty akin to our listeners being like, what is going on? I don't I'm hearing one thing from this place, one thing from this other place. I'm just trying to tackle it, you know, one day, one question at a time.
2: And I know for a while, when people were talking about coronavirus, they would say, you know, oh, your risk of dying from like influenza is greater than coronavirus. Everyone's overreacting about this. But it definitely feels like in the past week, at least here in the Bay Area, things have have shifted and people are really taking a lot more seriously. Why is this virus worse than the flu or a regular cold?
0: So I think when it comes to talking about better or worse, we should really think about it more as known and unknown. When it comes to diseases like colds or the flu, we do know a fair amount about those diseases. We kind of know what time of year they tend to crop up. We have a vaccine for the flu. But when it comes to the coronavirus, we don't really know very much. You know, we, we're not sure if it's going to continue on into the spring and summer months. We don't have a vaccine for it. So there's just a lot that we don't know right now.
2: So I want to dive into some of these audience questions. This first one comes from Alan Kay, and he wants to know, like, what about riding on a bus with other people? If you, if you are still going to work, how do you get there on public transit safely?
0: For riding on public transportation, general best practices apply. So make sure you're washing your hands, make sure you're using hand sanitizer, and try not to touch your face after you've touched public spaces. You know, many public transit agencies have upped their cleaning cycles. So BART is now going through the entire train After it completes each loop and workers disinfect any area a rider might touch. So like the hand loops that you hold on to, uh, any sort of bar you might hold on to near the doors, really any area you might touch. And then Muni officials also say their equipment is being cleaned daily. You know, that can offer some comfort, but really it's only as clean as the last person who touched it. I think another thing that folks can take a little solace from is because ridership is down... uh, BART spokeswoman Alicia Trost says there's a lot of space on there.
1: We don't have as much crowding. And what that means is you're able to have that arm's distance space between you and someone else. We don't normally have that luxury. We have uh, crowding during our peak uh, commute time. So, but because we have experienced a drop in ridership, you can uh, make sure that you're an arm's distance length from someone
2: people have you know mentioned at risk populations what makes somebody at
0: risk big at risk populations are folks over 60 and anyone who's immunocompromised so Part of the concerns that folks have is that, you know, if you're a particularly healthy person, you might not have an issue catching coronavirus, but you could bring it back to folks who could get seriously ill and even die from catching it. So you just want to be really careful, not only for your own health and well-being, but for the health and well-being of your whole community, that you're not getting coronavirus and spreading it.
2: Another category that we got a lot of questions in is travel. Uh, a lot of people have travel you know, plans coming up and they want to know what to do with them. One person wrote in and they have plans currently to fly from Oakland to Atlanta on March 21st and wants to know, should I cancel? What are the risks of being on a plane within the U.S. for an extended period of time?
0: So I spoke with officials at the Oakland Airport and the San Francisco Airport. And they say this time passengers should expect sort of normal operations at the airport. Both have up to their cleanings quite significantly. I think the San Francisco Airport has months of cleaner. They're like stockpiling to make sure that they have enough for the long haul, essentially. So there's more hand washing stations there. You should see more hand sanitizing stations there, as well as increased cleaning staff. So for this person who's traveling to Atlanta, I'd say, you know, it really depends on what you're comfortable with and if you're comfortable traveling. SFO spokesman Doug Yackel says the best thing folks can do is just follow good hygiene practices.
1: If you're touching something that might have been touched by other people, wash your hands. If you're unable to wash your hands, use a hand sanitizer. If you can't do that, avoid touching your eyes, your nose or your mouth, because that's really how, how a lot of types of colds and flus and coronaviruses are transmitted.
0: One tip that we spoke about on the phone was you should try and bring a small container of hand sanitizer in your carry-on. That way you don't have to get up and go to the bathroom as frequently. You can kind of sanitize on the go at your own pace.
2: So I guess staying on sort of the same track of of airplanes, another listener wants to know, does it seem likely that airplanes are going to be treated like cruise ships are, where if somebody on board is found to be sick, maybe, you know, after the, the travel, that all passengers
0: could be quarantined? I think at this point, it's a little hard to say. So according to the CDC's guidelines, if someone on board an aircraft is sick or thought to have the novel coronavirus, airline staff are instructed to separate them from other passengers if possible, provide them a face mask. And then once the plane lands, the CDC will conduct an assessment and determine if folks who are on the plane with them need to be quarantined. And of course, that assessment will generally consist of is it really coronavirus or is it some other illness that looks like coronavirus? I think at this point, it, it's probably unlikely that airplanes will be treated like cruise ships, just in part because of the way that people are transported, how many people are transported. But it's kind of hard to rule anything out.
2: And the next set of questions uh, has to do with transmission. So this listener asks, if an infected person touches a doorknob, how long does the virus last on that doorknob.
0: Studies suggest coronavirus may persist on surfaces for a few hours or up to several days, but that depends on a lot of different factors like environmental conditions, what kind of surface it is, how warm it is in the room, the humidity. So it's a little hard to say right now exactly how long it will last. So, you know, my instinct would just be to clean the doorknob (laughs) if possible or not touch it with my hand.
2: And what about the air? We have a question about, you know, can the virus linger in the air? Let's say you get out of an elevator and somebody riding it before you, you know, had coronavirus.
0: Yeah, this is an area that's sort of up for debate right now. There have been some preliminary studies that show coronavirus can linger in the air for a couple of hours, but those studies haven't been peer reviewed yet. And so I think in general, folks just have to take as much precaution as possible and really practice those social distancing measures that have been recommended by the CDC and other public health officials.
2: So the next question is, is there a way we can see what neighborhoods people with the virus are located in so we can know where to be the most careful?
0: I think that might be the wrong way to look at it. We know not very much testing has been done, at least not a sufficient amount of testing has been done. We should be looking at it as how to follow best practices all over the Bay Area. So whether you're in the hate or if you're in SOMA, like you should follow the same health practices that you would anywhere else.
2: Even as people are trying to move around less, we're still moving around a lot. You know, someone who woke up in the hate who, you know, may have gone to, I don't know, a farmer's market in Palo Alto uh, later in that week, you know, quickly could could move something from one place to another. And I think one other issue is, you know, a lot of people potentially could have it who aren't getting tested, uh, especially if, you know, you're a healthier person and you're not exhibiting some of the more severe symptoms
0: this virus can also be asymptomatic. So you could have it and have no symptoms. So I think that we all just have to act with an abundance of caution. And like I said before, not necessarily just for us, but for the other people in our lives who are immunocompromised, who are over the age of 60, who could have a really negative reaction to this virus if they got it.
2: Let's talk about the people who are currently experiencing some kind of illness. Uh, Maybe it's a cold, maybe it's the flu, maybe it's coronavirus. One listener wants to know, why can't I get tested for the virus?
0: There just aren't enough tests to go around. I mean, that's the, the simple short answer is, you know, we've heard a lot recently about the CDC and others struggling to get enough tests to test folks who are showing symptoms of coronavirus. So that's one of the reasons. I think if folks are sick, they can follow some you know, basic guidelines, which is stay home. Let's start there. Stay home. Don't go to work. Try not to go have like a lot of interactions with other people. And then get in contact with your primary care doctor. Tell them what your symptoms are. Tell them where you've been. Tell them who you've been in contact with. And then they can help make that assessment for you. Just taking really slow and deliberative steps at that point might be the best way to go forward.
2: A lot of workplaces are, you know, sending employees home for two weeks. You know, they're saying everyone, we're going to work from home for the next two weeks. What is it about two weeks that is kind of, you know, why has it become this sort of standard amount of time?
0: Yeah, so I think in part uh, is that this virus has a 14 day incubation period. So at the end of those two weeks, folks should know whether or not they're sick and be able to take appropriate action. But I think the real answer is that 14 days is conservative. And it's sort of a we're going to try this for 14 days and see how it goes. And then if they need to extend the amount of time that folks are kept out of work, they likely will. That's that's totally my conjecture. And there's also a thought that the coronavirus could be like the flu, which tends to clear up in the spring and summer months. And I think a lot of people are hoping that the coronavirus will do the same thing and that by the time we hit April, May, it will have dissipated.
2: I want to talk a little bit also about, you know, what's happening here in the Bay Area. Like what are communities and governments doing to to help stop the spread of this thing?
0: Yeah, so as of the time we're recording this, Oakland, San Francisco, and Santa Clara counties have all banned large events of more than 1,000 people. That means basketball games, concerts, performances, and other big public events will not be taking place for a certain period of time. And that's really to keep the virus from spreading between large groups of people. And then we've also seen a lot of recommendations by local governments to really practice social distancing. You know, they're encouraging telecommuting. And San Francisco recently, uh, there was a proposed package of legislation from the Board of Supervisors, which would help out with some of the lost money while people are out of work. It would try to put a moratorium on evictions to prevent people from becoming unhoused. And then San Francisco has also set up some quarantine sites for homeless residents so that they can have a location to go to if it's found that they have contracted the novel coronavirus.
2: Now, we have a number of listeners who are looking at what's happening in Italy and what
0: happened, you know, in Wuhan and wondering, you know, could a time come where we would be quarantined? It's hard to say. It's even kind of hard to imagine. You know, when I saw this question, I my first response was, no, of course not. But then as I looked into it, I, I saw federal officials saying, you know, they don't believe that that's what's going to happen, but they can't take anything off the table right now. On a day-by-day basis, it seems like the cases are growing, but that's something that we expected to happen. As the testing capacity grew, we knew that more cases would be confirmed. This story is moving, it's fluid, and we'll have to wait and see.
2: Right. And, you know, you're covering this, you know, so closely right now. I'm curious, are there any precautions that you are taking personally?
0: So I'm participating in social distancing. I've been working from home. I have been washing my hands much longer and uh, much more frequently. Every time I get home from being outside at all, I wash my hands I've been doing more Skype calls and FaceTime calls with friends, which is a little sad, but it's one way that helps me prevent from feeling isolated from my community. And then I'm just trying to be, you know, mindful of, of what I touch, who I interact with to make sure that I'm not spreading anything around. At this point, it seems like those are the best steps that we can take. So I've been taking those steps. Hygiene, hygiene, hygiene. (laughs) Yeah, my hands are very dry now, though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We do have one last question, and perhaps it's a silly one, but I'm thinking about everyone, you know, sitting at their house trying to figure out what to do. Anonymous wants to know, does alcohol cure coronavirus?
0: Unfortunately, it does not. Wouldn't that be a fun solution? But it does not cause or cure coronavirus. All
2: right. Well, Michelle Wiley, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with us today and, yeah, sharing everything you know. Yeah, thank you.
1: Thanks to KQED's Michelle Wiley for answering those questions and to Olivia Allen Price and the Bay Curious team. Since this episode was recorded, even more events and gatherings have been canceled or suspended. Everything from pro sports leagues to Disneyland and San Francisco public schools. This story is moving and changing every day. So for the latest information about the coronavirus in the Bay Area, you can stay updated at kqed.org or follow KQED on Twitter at KQED. The Bay is produced by Marisol Medina-Cadena and editor Alan Montesilio. We also get help from Kiana Mogadam. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. That's it for The Bay. Wash your hands and stay safe out there. Get some sunlight. We'll talk to you on Monday. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be, California, the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to sunshine state. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report Magazine. New episodes drop every Friday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. with an S. Thanks.